Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the update, you can receive 40% off of the annual subscription. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories of your favorite teams like we're giving you right here on the update. So go to theathletic.com slash the update for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, Mike Sando, 30-year NFL writer and senior NFL writer for The Athletic, joins us to talk about the 2020 quarterback tiers, which quarterbacks have been disrespected, and there's a big goat who may have fallen out of the top tier. It's Monday, August 3rd. It's a pleasure to welcome and now senior NFL writer for The Athletic, Mike Sando. You can follow him on Twitter, at SandoNFL. Mike, welcome to the update, and uh, it's going to be fun to pick your brain. This is one of my favorite articles to come out every year. I, how many years have you been doing this now? This is seven years for the quarterback tiers, so uh, we've honed it to uh, perfection, I think. It's, it's, it's a fun one. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a perfect science now. So Mike does this every year, and you talk to a number of, what is it, executives, coaches, players? Who is it exactly that compiles this list for you? I've got head coaches, general managers, coordinators, some position coaches, executives in the front office otherwise, you know, just personnel directors, I think I may have mentioned, or there could be a few contract negotiators, a few analytics people. You get 50 in all, you go through all 35 veteran quarterbacks, they put each one into one of five tiers. Tier one is the best, five would be the worst. And then we discuss them. And I do that over a period of months. Uh, Usually there's a ton of travel involved. I'm meeting with people in person this year. I had to really lean into my network uh, because there's not as much travel, right? I'm not going to to camps, but fortunately I know so many people in the league and they enjoy doing it that uh, we're able to do it and do it as well as ever, I think. So you've been covering the NFL for a long time. And I wonder when you talk to these evaluators and you ask them to put their heads together and to try to figure out in their minds who the greatest quarterbacks are and to tier rank them, what are the parameters? Do we do it by, I imagine like as fans, we look at dollar amounts sometimes that a quarterback makes and we say, well, that guy's less valuable because he maybe didn't live up to his contract. Whereas you look at a player like Kyler Murray, who's at the top of tier three in this year's rankings. And you say, well, that guy had a a hell of a rookie year and maybe has an opportunity to move up some great value there for a rookie quarterback. What are the parameters and how do we come up with the criteria for this? Yeah, it was basically me speaking to people in the league over uh, years to ask them what is most important at the position and then sort of synthesize that because some people have outlier views. Uh, There's some common themes that come through and then just through my experience of covering the league for 20 plus years, formulating some pretty clear definitions for what the tiers are. So The tier one quarterback is somebody who can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. There's kind of an old saying in football that your quarterback is either a win with quarterback, we can win with him if everything's right, or he's a win because of quarterback. And then there's a component in the top tier two that says expertly handles pure pass situations. So what does that mean? That means we're in the Super Bowl and we're losing 28 to three. We can't do a bunch of play action passes. We can't just bide our time and try to win it on defense. We have to drop back and pass the ball a lot. And not everybody can do that. And so that's why you see in the NFL, so many offenses look at Kyle Shanahan. 
He's won games where Jimmy Garoppolo's thrown the ball eight or ten times. Great defense, great run game, but we're not really putting it in the quarterback's hands all the time. So the top-tier guys, Mahomes, Wilson, they're at the top, have shown they can do that. They can win even if they don't have a great defense, even if there's not a, a comfort blanket of a running back that's really good or a running game. And so as you get down to second, third, fourth tiers below that, it's less degrees of being able to do that. Russell Wilson, to me, appears to be a guy who certainly the Seahawks win now because of Russell Wilson. But when he came into the league and he had the Legion of Boom and that elite defense, and maybe even when they won their Super Bowl and went back to another Super Bowl, you can make the case that not that they were winning in spite of him or winning just with him, that he was certainly a, a top tier quarterback. But when did he make that jump from being a win with Russell Wilson to win because of Russell Wilson? Yeah, he didn't actually get a majority of tier one votes until last year's poll, 2019. He was uh, probably came in as a low two, you know, was in the th got some three votes early. You're winning the game with the greatest defense of the last 20 years, and you are running the ball a ton with Marshawn Lynch. So as that has fallen off around him and they've still been able to win, he has moved up. And this year was a unanimous top tier, which there's only been Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes are the only guys besides Wilson who've been unanimous in a year. And Tom Brady this year, now his first year in Tampa, we haven't seen what he can do yet, is move back to a Tier 2 quarterback. Also interesting, Ben Roethlisberger moves back to a Tier 2 quarterback. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm like, what gives, man? I, I played last year, and Big Ben dropped to where I am. Yeah, blasphemy, right? I mean, we're talking about the GOAT, <laughs> six championships. I, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I, you can certainly understand that, hey, Gronkowski retired, Edelman was banged up. They didn't really have much around him. But you're anticipating a decline, and so maybe... When you finally see what looks like a decline, you say, oh, yep, can't do this forever. You know, uh, I thought that was interesting that Deshaun Watson actually came in ahead of Tom Brady this year. Yeah, and the other one that, that's in Tier 2 that is sort of funky is Lamar Jackson, the MVP. And now I know a lot of people probably look at that. And he'd made a big jump. You had him at Tier 4 last year, and I think a lot of people sort of thought he was maybe a little bit of a gimmick, right? They come into that postseason after sitting down Joe Flacco and they go with him. But this year he bursts onto the scene, wins the MVP. I think he proved pretty simply this year that he could be a quarterback in the NFL and not just a, a mobile one, but a guy who you could center an offense around. What are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson not making it into the top tier? The fourth tier is a hybrid tier. That is for, let's say, the Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guy who's been around forever. We know what he is. We don't ideally want to start the whole year with him. Uh, he's more of a backup. Or it could be somebody we don't have enough information on. So Lamar Jackson got a lot of tier four votes last year because he'd only started seven games. And people were like, you know what? I want to see this over the course of a year after defenses had a little bit of film. And so now this year, he gets 16 tier one votes which puts him right behind Tom Brady, but didn't go into the top tier despite being the MVP. Now, some of this people want to see it more than one year. So even last year, Patrick Mahomes had seven tier two votes last year. Okay. And now he goes unanimous because he showed it again. But I think that pure pass component, you know, the framework that you're in, the idea that Lamar Jackson at this stage maybe has to have the entire offense and organization changed in order for him to be maximized. And that's going to help him have easier passing lanes and be able to produce some good passing numbers. But when all that stuff gets boiled down, remember, envision that Super Bowl scenario where you're down 28 to three or Patrick Mahomes this last year needs two touchdowns in the final eight minutes. There's no run game then. There's no play action. This is, we have to throw to win the game. And so the Ravens are 0 for 2 you know, in those playoff situations. And so I think that is the only thing standing between 
Lamar Jackson and maybe even the top of the whole thing, you know, where he, he'd be up there. So if he comes back next year and is an MVP again, he may make it in the top tier, whether or not he shows on the, you know, on the passing part of it in those situations. But uh, I think that's the best explanation for why he's a tier one football player for sure. And maybe there's one more step to take on the quarterback front. I think that's a great point. We saw him down to uh, to Tennessee, and I, I want to say he turned the ball over. I want to say he may have fumbled on uh, it's when hard. down a couple of scores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, football's tough. It's very hard to pass the ball when the other team knows you're going to pass, and even the top quarterbacks can have trouble with it. But you know, last year Mahomes had trailed in games by double figures six times, and they went five and one. You know, we've all seen Russell Wilson down twenty points, and suddenly it's a tie game in the fourth quarter, right? Even Deshaun Watson last year, they're down sixteen to nothing to a really good Buffalo defense, and yeah, he just wills them out of it, right? So um, there's not much left for Lamar Jackson to prove. Maybe that's one last thing. I'm almost more scared. Like, as a Niner fan, when the Niners are, are up on Russell Wilson, I think he's like, yeah, this is where I wanted it. 21-7 feels great for me. That's It scares me to death as a Niner fan with, with a guy like Russell Wilson. The Tier 3 group of guys, I think, presents a, a lot of good storylines here and a lot of good conversation as to how we grade quarterbacks. Again, talking about the win with versus the win because of. A guy like Kirk Cousins, who got the $84 million guaranteed, and there was talk that maybe Kyle Shanahan would try to bring him over to the 49ers. Then the 49ers go, and they get Jimmy Garoppolo. They go all the way to the Super Bowl and still Jimmy Garoppolo is sort of viewed as a guy who maybe the wins aren't necessarily a byproduct of him as much as they are the greatness on his team. Where do you come down on a Jimmy G right now as far as his rating in the NFL? Well, one thing we have to remember, he has one full season as a starter. So, you know, we were speculating earlier, uh, you know, I remember his first year, he whatever had five or six starts and he actually was higher, maybe a little higher than he is now. You know, he made the bottom of the second tier on the optimism and then you know, had the injury, so that knocks you down a notch. And then came back this year and really had some great moments, the New Orleans game and the team success. I mean, look at his overall record, one loss, it's unbelievable. But they had the best defense in the league, or certainly a top two or three up there with New England. And then the nature of that offense, you know, is very much take the ball out of the quarterback's hands, have a great balance with a run game. They play Minnesota in the playoffs. You know, the only thing that Shanahan would like better than Garoppolo throwing it eight or ten times if he could throw it six times. And so when people see that around the league and then see the sequence before halftime in the Super Bowl where they maybe had a chance to press the accelerator and really go for it and they took a more conservative approach, you know, people see all those things and they say, you know what, Garoppolo, good player, but they haven't really asked him to be the focal point of driving success. So you see him bunched with like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. Those are all guys going to make a ton of money. They're all getting the top contracts that you can win with all of them. Goff's been to the Super Bowl. Garoppolo's been to the Super Bowl. Cousins won at New Orleans last year. He's done pretty well in, in Minnesota, but people see the context of that with the play-action pass, the good defenses, trying to pass less, and they say, yeah, you know, it's not. you're not really the reason why this is happening. I look at those three guys and I wonder, of those three, who has the best chance at jumping up a tier for next year? And I kind of think, based on Jimmy Garoppolo's, the team around him, as you mentioned, he may have the best tight end in football. He's got a better receiving core this year. He's got an elite run game. Uh, he's got the big paycheck already. He's not playing for a contract. I look at him and I say, with Kyle Shanahan, maybe he does have the best opportunity. But what do you think? Jared Goff, a bounce back year, maybe Kirk Cousins? I think Kirk Cousins, people have decided he is what he is. When I averaged all the votes for the tiers, you know, like someone gave him a two, someone gave him a three, he came out at 2.70 this year, Cousins did. He was 2.71 last year, right? So he's probably what he is. I think that Goff, 
is interesting because the perception of his team is that it's fallen off around him. When it falls off around you, offensive line's not as good. Todd Gurley's gone. They've had some hits on defense. Weddle retires or whatever. Other players have left. So if they have some success next year and Goff is a bigger part of the reason for it, that could give him the opportunity that might not exist as much, you know, for Jimmy Garoppolo or even Kirk Cousins to make the step. That doesn't mean I necessarily believe that Goff's going to take full advantage of that, but he may have the framework to prove it. I think what the voting is telling us is people aren't really betting the mortgage that he's going to take advantage of it. So it's not a perfect science, we don't think? No? (laughs) (laughs) No, but we also don't think, but we also aren't betting on him, you know? I mean, this is a complex team game of interactions of our defense, our coaching, our offense, the opponent, the weather, all these things are going in. And then we're trying to say what one guy, you know, is or isn't. And it's almost like don't buy a car at, at night because the paint looks good, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's And then the next tell. morning you're yeah. like, oh, there's a bunch of nicks on there. And I think <laughs> with these players, you can look at them in different lights based on the context around them. And the challenge is to really know what they really are. It's a great breakdown. It's one of the most fun articles every year. And uh, and when we get it, it starts feeling like we're tangibly close to football. People are, are showing up. Guys are reporting. And uh, September 13th, around the corner, man, we should be there. So appreciate the time again today, Mike. We'll keep reading you in The Athletic and following you on Twitter, at SandoNFL. Thanks again, man. Thank you. All right, a lot of fun talking to Mike today. We haven't gotten a chance to do uh, to do a deep dive into what's going on nationally with the football projections. And then the uh, the NFL put out their top 100 player rankings. Jimmy Garoppolo made the top 100. So maybe he's viewed uh, around the league by players as a little better quarterback. Some of the evaluators are giving him. But something that, uh, that he will certainly put on his grease board this year as he gets ready to try to take the 49ers back to another Super Bowl. For full coverage of sports in the Bay Area, subscribe to The Update on Google Podcasts. The Athletic is the world's fastest-growing sports media publication. Get in-depth sports stories you won't find anywhere else. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting theathletic.com slash Google. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And also leave us a comment down in the uh, in the message section there. Let us know what it is that you guys would like to hear going forward. And certainly, go give our guy Mike Sando a read as that quarterback tears article that he wrote is a lot of fun every year and certainly gets the juices going for football season. Thank you to Brian Smith, the producer. Thank you to Tanika Smothers. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday.